1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have with us Mr. Salil Raheja who is currently working as an HR director at Schneider Electric and he has also been recognized under the list of HR 40 under 40 by Business World. Hi Salil, thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, calling me and my pleasure to be part of this podcast.
1: Likewise. So to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey so far?
0: Sure. Uh, so just to begin with my career journey, uh, I. Primarily come from a typical middle-class background, Been mostly been in the north part of India, done my schooling from various parts of North India, sometimes in Punjab, Delhi, UP. But primarily, I'm an engineer, electronics and communication engineer. Uh, I completed that in around 2006. Post that, I did work for a year as a software engineer in DCS, but the inclination was always to do a management degree. Uh, that's where I went ahead and Uh, did my post-graduation in human resources from MDI Gurgaon. Uh, That was 2009, post which I I joined this organization called SR Group, uh, where I I had worked for close to nine years into various uh, domains of HR. I had some interesting stints in uh, plant HR. Uh, in in one of the steel manufacturing plants in uh, Gujarat, then uh, had various other HR roles, primarily into HR business partnering for the sales teams, then few more COE roles in performance and talent management. So, So that's been pretty much the journey of those nine years when I was working with SR Group. Post that in early 2018 is when I joined Schneider Electric, a transition which was very different in terms of the culture. What I I've been working in the ASA group, which was mostly Indian driven organization, while Schneider Electric, uh, as you may know, is one of the global player in the field of energy management and automation, uh, a global MNC. So I I work in this uh, organization right now in the capacity of a director HR, and uh, I support couple of businesses uh as hr business partner partnering with the business leaders on driving people strategy uh, and and uh, people priorities for for those two businesses in addition to that i also partner on various other central projects in the areas of uh, org design org effectiveness talent management uh, and some bit in creating the strong external brand uh, for us in the market so those are some of the You know, a few more central projects which I do in addition to my HRBP portfolio in this company. Been close to uh, five and a half years now with Schneider Electric, really, and really I've been enjoying my journey till now.
1: I must say, a very inspiring journey. I mean, you've been working in the HR industry for uh, for a very long period of time. So, how do you see the landscape of work changing with time?
0: Yeah, sure. I think that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think the landscape of work itself has undergone significant transformations primarily i would say driven by advancements in technology evolving society, societal trends changing economic forces and you know when i look at the landscape of work since you asked that particular point i i don't look at the landscape of work changing in isolation i also want to bring in a perspective of how does the entire spectrum of work and therefore the worker and the workplace is changing because it's it's i would say a triangulation of all these three factors the work the worker and the workplace which is actually leading leading us to you know, changes in all the all the spaces. So when you talk about work specifically, since since a question focused on that, I think few areas in which this entire landscape is changing is is one, of course, with the advent of AI. I think with the rapid advancements in automation and AI technologies, they are really reshaping the nature of our work many of our routine and rep- repetitive tasks are increasingly being automated which is actually freeing up a uh, l- lot of us to focus on higher value and creative endeavors and which is also in a way leading to restructuring of job roles and you know emergence of new new possibilities and new roles which may come up second area i would want to call out is really this rise of gig economy uh, which is also increasing in popularity um, and uh, i see a lot of people going these days for freelancing remote work project-based assignments i think this is becoming becoming more and more prevalent because i think this trend really offers you that greater control over your schedule promotes a lot of good work-life balance and also at the same time allows companies to access uh, you know a global talent pool I think uh, I would want to call out this that we in Schneider Electric also have started to take steps in this journey uh, to see how we can best utilize uh, these freelance platforms uh, and and therefore the pool of people available outside, really for the, some of the very specific on demand uh, niche skill kind of a projects where we need people uh, in a very, very, very short uh, time. So that's another area I, uh, which I can think where the really, really the landscape of work is changing. Then it's also about the skills, I would say, skills and the lifelong learning. Learning. With with the rapid pace of technology getting changing every day, I think the need to be continuously getting upskilled and reskilled remains relevant, uh, and therefore the you know lifelong learning becomes very crucial to uh, to adapt to uh, for the changing job requirements. And I think both employees and the employers alike are recognizing the importance and therefore are investing in ongoing education and learning for, for their employees. Then there is now also a very strong and a growing recognition of the value of diverse and inclusive workplaces. Employers are prioritizing DNI initiatives to, you know, create more equitable work environment, really harness the benefits of diverse perspectives so that's another area and then something which really got accelerated after the pandemic and we all know is is really the remote work and therefore the digital collaboration so so that's one another area where organizations have realized that remote work is not only feasible but also offers several advantages we in schneider for in fact had a, a global flexibility policy which we rolled out early 2021 itself which completely uh, moves uh, the entire working uh to a really a new way of working which is hybrid uh, and that's across the globe is is a practice which we continue to do even after the pandemic has uh, ended then the last one with what i would want to call out is really the sustainable and the purposeful work and i think um, Concerns about the environment and the social impact are really influencing the work landscape. Employees, particularly younger generations, are seeking meaningful work that aligns with their values and you know contributes more to a sustainable future. I am very pr- uh, proud of the fact that I work for an organization where this is really core to what we do as a as a company. Uh, and the purpose of Schneider Electric is actually to empower all to make most of the energy and resources, and in the process, bridging progress and sustainability for all so so that's another area which i think is is becoming more and more important so yeah so those would be you know some of the few examples of how the entire work landscape is changing and i think it is important to note that these changes bring both opportunities at the same time challenges and therefore both the organizations and the individual employees need to really adapt and embrace that uh, lifelong learning to thrive in this workforce of future
1: Definitely. I def- totally agree with all the points that you have mentioned. I mean, these are literally the talk of the town, be it AI, be it sustainability, be it, you know, skills that are required or remote working. I mean, we all have been talking about it and it has become such an indispensable part of our lives. And it has happened for good, considering that, yes, taking care of environment is important. Yes, providing that flexibility to the employees is important. And that's how we grow. That's how organizations will grow. So all these things are very, very important. Now that we're talking about skills. So according to you, what skills and competencies do you believe will be most valuable in the workforce of tomorrow? And how can individuals and organizations acquire and cultivate these skills?
0: Yeah, uh, thank you for that question. I think skills, uh, before I go into actually listing down the skills and the competencies and how do we cultivate that in a company, I really want to introduce this concept of what we call meta skills you know meta skills are uh, are those higher order general skills uh, which really enable you to develop specific skills you know just to make it easy for uh, all the listeners to understand what i'm trying to refer i'll take an example of uh, of an iceberg so skills are really tip of that iceberg that lies above the water while meta skills are those 90 percent of that iceberg that lies below the water so when i say that i'm primarily thinking about three meta skills which in my mind i can you know uh, paint a picture of one of the very important meta skill which would be really relevant for for future would be learning agility in my view and uh when what i mean by learning agility is it's it's really the, the person's ability to quickly size up a new situation or a problem and really decide what to do next it is also an ability to you know quickly make a sense of a new context it is also about pattern recognition in short it's it's about knowing what to do when you don't know what to do you know and it i think it's it's going to be one of the very strong predictor of a person's ability to really flourish in what we call the wuka world and there are various facets to learning agility you can think about mental agility which is really how comfortable you feel dealing with new and complex tasks then it's people agility how how well you can work with others especially those who are different from you then it's also about change agility how comfortable you feel with completely new experiences ambiguity etc then it's about result agility whether you can remain positive and deliver results in crisis and last but not the least also about self-awareness how well you can recognize your own strengths and weakness so learning agility i think for me becomes one of the very strong meta skill which i'm referring to second one which i want to call out is really the entrepreneurial mindset and skills and when i say that i am not here referring to having a mindset of an entrepreneur from only from the view of doing a startup or finding out finding out something new but here really the point here is while not everyone will become an entrepreneur but what every person will need to have is a mindset like that to flourish in 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 this volatile and you know turbulent uh what we call 21st century so that's another mindset i think which which is really important and you know, if I go deeper into that, there are different layers to uh, entrepreneurial mindset, which is about dreaming bigger, recognizing the opportunities, being more resourceful, being more persuasive, being being more like a problem solver, an action-oriented individual, and last but not the least, being very tenacious in what you're doing. So that's another uh, meta skill which I think will become important. And lastly, I think the last skill, which is sometimes very underrated, uh, is is about soft skills. Uh, and there was a very interesting study with which Google had did uh, some years back which they called Project Oxygen where they actually decided to test the hypothesis that Google being a very strong technology oriented company, what are some of the top seven skills which are important to be successful at Google and what that uh, study throwed up was a real surprise to a lot of people considering that, you know, Google being a technology company. A real assumption would be to think that, you know, technical skills such as science, technology, engineering, mathematics, this would become important. But really what this project showed up was that there are seven skills which which are really important for the future, which is uh, primarily how do you become a very good coach? Uh, how do you communicate and listen? How do you include others, different values and points of view, having empathy towards and being supportive of your colleagues and being a very good critical thinker and a problem solver, being able to make connections across complex ideas. These are actually the findings which came out of that. Uh, And I think these are some of the top three meta skills, which I think are are relevant for for the workforce of future. Now, uh, there was a there was a second part to your question, which where you asked about how do you uh, how do organisations actually acquire and cultivate those skills. I think they're both the individual and organisations can take various steps. One of them would, of course, be focusing on individual learning and development, which is where individuals should actually proactively seek learning opportunities, either through online courses, professional development programs, industry certifications. They can also engage in self-study. You know, joining relevant communities. And we in Schneider have a lot of such. Uh, Communities of practice where people interact and cross-exchange their learnings and in turn, everybody benefits. Then there are uh, formal education and training where, again, educational institutes can play a significant role in you know, equipping individuals with future focus skills. Uh, and therefore, the, in, the industry and the educational partnerships become important in this case. Then it's also about collaboration and knowledge sharing, uh, which is where organizations can actually create a culture of uh, collaboration and knowledge sharing to facilitate the the skill acquisition. And this can involve establishing cross-functional teams, encouraging mentorship programs maybe providing platforms for employees to exchange ideas and best practices. And lastly, I think I think talent management and recruitment also has a role here to play. Organizations should focus on attracting and retaining talent with the desired skills of uh, for the future. And this can involve, you know, having updated job descriptions, which actually reflect those emerging skill sets. Uh, and also at the same time, when you're looking at sources to hire consider think of considering alternative sources uh, and experiences beyond you know traditional qualifications and degrees that's another way to you know uh, have people who are who have those skills which are more relevant for uh, for the future so in all i think by prioritizing skill development and creating that learning ecosystem i think individuals and organizations both can adapt uh, to this workforce landscape and you know really thrive in this future of work
1: Awesome. That was an amazing answer. I mean, you covered literally every aspect of what we see coming in the future, whether it's like uh, emotional intelligence or these soft skills have become so important that everybody's talking about it, that it's literally you just can't escape these things. And it's also at the same time very important to have. And I love the way how you also mentioned that Google did, did this study and, you know, they even find out. So organizations have also sort of become aware that these things are very important for our growth. And you're yeah. giving due attention to it, which is, I think, happening for good. So another very important area that I would want to ask you about is DEI, as you also mentioned in your previous answer as well. So how, according to you, can organizations foster diversity and inclusion? And what are the benefits of having a diverse workforce? And how can organizations ensure equal opportunity for all? Because that's the bottom line of, you know, talking about yeah. that entire topic.
0: Yeah, I think this is a topic which is uh, very close to me. Uh, I have uh, opinions on this topic, and this is also a topic which we very strongly uh, drive in Schneider Electric. Also, we actually believe that DNI is a business imperative. Uh, as uh, as the great engagement performance and innovation is actually generated through diversity of people and an environment of inclusion our ambition actually is to offer equal opportunities to everyone everywhere for us dni is not about having only the right gender mix but also to ensure that we have a very fair representation of diverse groups and every individual has their opportunity to be the best version of themselves and to really feel safe and uniquely valued and I think some of the strategies which organizations like like Schneider and many others also implement uh, is is firstly to have a or rather to establish a very clear commitment, which is talk, which is basically organizations clearly communicating that commitment to DNI through their mission statements, policies, public statements, and leadership should also lead by example and demonstrate their dedication to fostering that inclusive workplace culture. Second is uh, how are you trying to eliminate biases both conscious and unconscious in various people processes like just to take an example like hiring on promotions etc so that's another area where organizations should implement fair and unbiased practices which includes training managers training recruiters using diverse interview panels implementing concepts like blind resumes to you know minimize bias and ensure equal opportunities then uh, how diverse is our pool of uh, acquiring talent how actively are we seeking out and attracting diverse talent by partnering with diverse recruitment sources attending diversity focused you know uh, conferences engaging with organizations that support underrepresented groups uh, and really broadening a talent pool which increases the chances of finding candidates from diverse backgrounds then it's about uh, inclusive workplace uh, policies and practices organizations should develop inclusive policies that support all employees at various stages of their career uh, this includes implementing flexible work arrangements, accommodating diverse needs, promoting work-life balance and you know really providing resources for career development and, and advancement opportunities for uh, for all sets of people at various stages of their life and career. Then there are other ways, uh, uh, and uh, we also have that concept in our organization, which is having uh, employee resource groups. So how do you encourage diverse representation and leadership positions and establish uh, these, uh, what we call ERGs, employee resource groups that provide support and sense of belonging for for some specific groups these can really help foster networking mentorship sponsorship and really provide valuable insights to to the people uh, and last but not the least i think uh, it's a continuous journey uh, training and education is is really important it's it's a journey which uh, will have will have to continue. Uh, so, really, offering uh, DNI training programs and educating employees employees about the unconscious biases, uh, fostering inclusive behaviors in 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 our daily rituals like meetings or processes, etc. These are these are all very important parts uh, uh, to building a very holistic uh, DNI oriented culture. And I think the benefits of having a diverse workforce are also numerous. It uh, it it really increases the innovation and creativity in the system. It enhances the decision making. If you have more diverse people in the group, uh, you know it really reduces the risk of what we call groupthink. Your problem solving becomes better because diverse teams can really approach problem solving from different angles, and you know, therefore, draw on diverse experiences and knowledge from the group, and finally improves the employee engagement and retention, which is important. Uh, and then, of course, really enhances the reputation and the brand of the, the of the organization in the market also. So, I think overall, to sum it up. To ensure equal opportunities for all, uh, I think the organization should regularly assess uh, their policies, practices, track diversity metrics, wherever important. But more importantly, uh, address any biases. Uh, first step, in, in fact, is to for the people to make them aware of those biases. And then in all, creating a culture which is very transparent, transparent, accountable and having that really the the fabric of having a continuous improvement, uh, you know, day over day, month over month. This, I think, is very crucial in achieving and maintaining uh, equal opportunities for all employees.
1: Well, here I must say that kudos to Schneider and leaders like you who work there, you know, to running such a diverse and inclusive organization to be so considerate about the needs of their uh, employees and at the same time, giving everybody the equal opportunities as all, all organizations should so um, really thumbs up on all the good work that you guys have been doing and please sustain please continue doing it so Thank and, you. Uh, now that we've spoken about all these topics we've spoken about how does the future of work look like so my last question to you is in your opinion what are the key challenges that organizations will face in managing the workforce of tomorrow And how can these challenges be addressed to ensure a smooth transition and successful future?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think this is an important question uh, in, in today's context. I think managing the workforce for tomorrow does present several challenges for organizations. And I think addressing these challenges will be really crucial too ensure a very smooth transition Uh, and I think some of the uh, let me call out few challenges and maybe some potential solutions for each of them I think the one top key challenge which comes to my mind immediately is is really the skills gap I think one of the significant challenges organizations are facing today is uh, to find and acquire the talent and necessary skills for the future roles Uh, the rapid pace of technology uh, is often outpacing the traditional education systems and you know therefore creating that skill gap Uh, to address this I think organizations can implement various strategies we in schneider are proud that we do all of that uh talking about things like how do you collaborate with educational institutes work closely with universities colleges to you know really align the curriculum with the industry needs and provide Input on emerging skill requirements. Uh, then about, it's also about developing uh, internship programs. How do you create opportunities for students and new graduates to gain practical experience and you know bridge the gap between education and work? And lastly, uh, also uh, one of the another solution here is to really invest in upskilling and reskilling, which is which I spoke about earlier also, which is about offering training programs and resources to existing employees uh, to enhance their skills and you know really adapt to the changing job demands Uh, that's one of uh, the challenge and some potential solutions another one which i which comes to my mind is about talent retention and engagement and again with with the evolving work landscape this becomes increasingly challenging thing to do Uh, and uh, you know if employees of today are of such mindset that if these uh, if their needs are and aspirations are not met they seek opportunities outside i think to address this there are you know again few things which organizations can focus on first is to really foster a very positive work culture which is nothing but creating a very inclusive and supportive work environment which values employee well-being growth and work life balance Uh, then also uh, embrace flexible work arrangements Uh, how do we allow employees to uh, allow to have or rather opt for flexible work schedules remote work options providing employees with greater autonomy and work-life integration and then uh, lastly uh, it is also about providing opportunities for growth uh, to the people internally uh, which is about offering career development programs mentoring and you know just providing those clear pathways for advancement Uh, to encourage employee engagement and i think i want to call out focusing on uh, the point around how organizations can provide opportunities for growth which is about offering career development programs mentoring providing clear pathways for advancement to encourage employee engagement and retention and and at this point of time uh, i want to really call out this uh, this practice which we have in schneider electric globally which we call otm or open talent market uh, which is an internal talent marketplace powered by ai uh, and in this platform actually lens uh, or rather this tool lends employees a, an option to look for opportunities internally within the organization both within the country or globally but in addition to opportunities which are more like full-time roles it also offers people and opportunities to work on projects uh, just to gain more learning more exposure and at the same time mentoring of opportunities in case someone wants to have a mentoring engagement initiated with someone else so this is one uh, real real good practice which uh, which has been happening in in our organization Uh, then one more challenge which comes to my mind is really the technological disruption and change management I think the rapid adoption of new technologies uh, has created disruption and a lot of resistance within the organization i think to address this again there are a few possible solutions you really need to develop some of those comprehensive change management plans that you know addresses the impact of these technological changes on job roles on workflows on organizational structure and then importantly communicate the benefits of those uh advancements uh, to to all your employees then i think the last one which i want to call out is uh, is to have a very agile leadership and and have that organizational agility within the current structures of the org- of the current teams what i'm trying to say here is how are we trying to move away from a very traditional hierarchical structure and a leadership style which some point of time may hinder agility and adaptability uh in in an organization to who are much more flatter and a leaner structure and and i think to address this there are again uh, many solutions which uh, organizations can look at one of them is how do you develop leaders who are flexible who are open to change who are capable capable of leading cross-functional teams and adapting to rapidly changing circumstances and another one is uh, to promote a culture of innovation which is about encourage experimentation risk-taking learning from from failures and also supporting employees in you know exploring new ideas and implementing some innovative solutions in fact one of the core value in schneider what we uh, are really proud of is what we call dare to disrupt which is nothing but the same thing what i spoke about how do you encourage that culture of experimentation risk-taking and and you know really learning from the failures so i think by proactively addressing all these challenges organizations can create a supportive environment that can really enable a very smooth transition to a work, workforce of t- uh, tomorrow all it needs is a combination of strategic planning investment in talent development and really a commitment from the leadership and the management to foster a culture of agility innovation and inclusivity
1: very very accurately said and i completely agree with all the points that you've mentioned from strategic planning to the correct adoption of all the things that are coming into the future I hope we get to see organizations growing. I hope we get to see employees being feeling more sense of belongingness to the organizations, and everybody just moving on at the same pace. So, thank you, Sunil, for taking time out of your busy schedule and you know, coming on this podcast to share your amazing point of views on these topics that we have discussed. So, thank, thank you. So you.
0: Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: And thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode. Thank you.